Okay, as of yesterday, garden centers are now allowed to be open for curbside pickup, which means you can't go into the garden centers. We were talking about this uh, yesterday and find and pick the exact uh, flowers uh, you want. You can order something online and they can uh, run it out to, to your car. Although some are saying that the playing field is still not level because big, big box stores such as Walmart, uh, they've been able to be open through this entire thing. And that's, of course, because, well, they sell groceries, which is seen as essential and essential service. So they've been able to keep the entire store open uh, up until now. And again, we're hearing complaints from a small and independent business that this situation has been unfair. It continues to be unfair, that the playing field just isn't level, and that something needs to be done. We need to do something about it. What? Well, that is a great question. How exactly do you level the uh, playing field? As the uh, government is trying to do, as they say, the responsible thing and open or reopen the economy slowly. We keep hearing this uh, phrase that it's not like turning on a light switch. We have to open things incrementally, but just how long can small and independent business uh, wait for that to happen? Let's uh, welcome in and ask uh, Dan Kelly. He's with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and he joins us now on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Dan, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, first off, uh, what are you hearing from uh, members? Is the playing field, in fact, not level? Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, <laughs> it has been a crazy number of months for uh, small businesses, and, and we're getting a growing number of concerns about the unlevel playing field in all sorts of parts of the economy. Uh, retailers are telling us that, of course, it is very unfair that, uh, that through the whole pandemic, Walmart, Costco are able to sell, sell basic consumer goods because they also have grocery aisles. And you can imagine, it, it's not, it, it, you know, we, we understood entirely that, you know, the economy needed to be shut down and groceries needed to be continued to sold, uh, continue, continue to be on shelves, and, and, of course, pharmaceutical products as well. So in the beginnings of this, I think everybody was patient and understanding. But as this has gone on and there's no signs of, of things letting up for, for retailers more broadly, it is feeling unfair that people can go out and buy their T-shirts, their frying pan, and their TV at Walmart and Costco, line, lining up with thousands and thousands of other people, and yet the tiniest little retailers that sell some of those very same products are required to be 100% closed as a result of the emergency services rules. And, and even on a safety per, from a safety perspective, it seems to me that it would be better to have some of those basic needs being served by 2,000-square-foot retailers that could very naturally limit the numbers of people into their businesses. They may be lucky to serve 20 customers in a day, rather than forcing everyone to line up at the same spot that they're getting their groceries each day. Yeah, Dan, was there mistakes made early on? I mean, if you were going to allow the Walmarts of the world to be open because they carried groceries, should their grocery section been allowed to stay open in their pharmacy, as you suggest, but maybe sporting goods in the garden center and that sort of thing should have been cordoned off? Well, in fact, that's exactly what several U.S. states did, is uh, to ensure that there wasn't an unlevel playing field. Uh, they did allow only grocery products in some of these large big box stores to, uh, to be sold. Uh, that is a fair way of doing it, but consumers have needs for these products, and, and, I, and I, you know, I can understand why many would not want to see that option being taken away. The other way to do it is the way that British Columbia has approached this, which I think is a much more sensible way, and that is they gave guidance to small retailers of how they could continue to operate 
during the pandemic. Uh, and that's in a really restricted way. So they're still able to open their doors, but they're able to have only a few customers in per square foot. Uh, they're, they have to have sanitation customers. They have the, the model that we're seeing in the grocery store every day, shields in front of uh, cashiers. Those are kind of some of the adaptations that I think are quite possible, in fact, easy uh, for many smaller retailers to, to implement to allow them to have a trickle of business coming in. Uh, but that's not been the case in Ontario. In fact, Ontario is the only province that through the whole pandemic has never, hasn't even allowed curbside pickup at all retailers. They, they allow it for a few, like hardware stores, but most retailers don't have that as an option. And it's beyond me as to why that is being prevented from, from retailers. Again, meaning that there's only a handful of large multinationals that are able to provide our consumer goods. Yeah, I'm also wondering, Dan, whether or not even allowing these stores to open with limited customers, whether or not that truly levels the playing field. Because, you know, here's what I'm thinking. You've got Walmart, the big superstore, and they can allow so many people in per square foot, and they've got a huge square footage. So more people can get in. The lineup theoretically would be less. If somebody goes by an independent retailer who's got a smaller a shop and there's a big lineup there, are they more likely to drive away because they don't want to wait in line and they're worried about distancing? Well, look, I think several of these large retailers have put in place uh, uh, protections for customers and employees as well. And I and I don't want to take business. You know, I'm not suggesting that that we prohibit them from opening. What I am saying is that if we're going to allow them to open, that we should allow others to find safe ways to do this. We've we've learned a lot over the last six weeks. And again, nobody, nobody was complaining about this, you know, with the assumption that this was going to be a two-week thing, three-week thing, where we had to just bluntly shut down the economy. We completely understood. And I, I will say, I know for sure that the Premier and ministers are taking this really seriously, and nobody wants to keep things closed a minute longer than it's necessary. It's a very difficult balancing act to try to maintain. At the same time, we've now been, you know, this is the end of the second month of the shutdown of, you know, 80% of Ontario's economy, um, and I and other provinces have been doing this while flattening the curve, uh, and that's the piece that I think we uh, we have been missing in the province. I've, I've been optimistic listening to the Premier's comments over the last several days that they are looking to, to make some tweaks to the emergency services rules. I want to be clear, no one is suggesting, certainly not me, that we flip the switch and go back to businesses. We know that we have to take this seriously, we have to make modifications uh, to, to be able to protect the public, protect workers. Um, but it does feel like there are some smarter ways of doing this. Germany, for example, has started its reopening plan with a, a decided focus on, on small, uh, allowing the smallest retailers to open first uh, and, then, and then opening gradually up to larger-sized companies as, as time goes on. And, and that makes an awful lot of sense. These small guys are the ones that are at the most risk of disappearing. And in fact, 40% of our members, small business members of CFID, have said that if the current level of restrictions last until the end of May, they are not sure whether they will ever, ever be able to reopen their doors. They think that they may be permanently closed as a result. Joined by Dan Kelly with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. I think that answers my uh, next question. I was going to ask you, how long can independent or small business, business hang on, Dan? And your suggestion is nearly half believe they can't make it past the end of this month. It's, that's right. Forty percent said that uh, the end of May may be their limit. Three percent have already said they're done if this if these restrictions go in uh, to the end of May, and that's only a few weeks away. 
Uh, but many, many others are, are wondering seriously whether they're going to make it past, past the finish line. We've got, fortunately, a few of the support programs that have been announced have come on stream. The wage subsidy, for example, we're expecting to get money released from that as soon as next week. Uh, that's certainly good news. The, the Canada Emergency Business Accounts have kicked in for most businesses. Still too many ineligible for that. The rent subsidy, though, that, uh, that was announced with great uh, fanfare, unfortunately, is turned out not to be working so well. Lots of landlords saying that they're not planning to participate. We need to do both. We need to, to start building a plan to allow businesses in phases to safely reopen and continue to have support there for businesses until that kicks in. Uh, lots of work, lots of work left to do. Dan, is the Federation of Independent Business, have they been in constant uh, consultation and talks with the uh, government? I mean, we keep getting hints dropped by the Premier in his daily press conference. You say you've been emboldened or heartened by some of what the Premier's had to say in the uh, coming days. We're getting things like uh, the green lights coming, get ready, those sort of phrases. Do you have any sort of sense as to uh, when that might come, uh, what the possible date is to reopen for small and independent business? Well, yeah, we certainly have been having an ongoing discussion with both uh, federal officials and provincial officials on on many of these things, ministers included. I have no inside knowledge as to when the uh, the switch is going to flip, uh, but it does sound like just listening to the premier's discussions it sound, and his press conference, it sounds like there may, there may be some further progress on this this week. Governments have been good; they've been listening carefully and adjusting policies as they go. Both the federal uh, and provincial governments, the NDP, provincially has provided a bunch of very helpful recommendations, particularly in support of rent. So our political leaders are, you know, are, are show, showing that they're adaptable. They're working together. That's that's clearly a good thing. Uh, but we do think that on, it is time for for I think a little bit more common sense to be taken to some of Ontario's emergency services rules as we go forward. All right, Dan. We obviously will watch this with interest. Thank you so much for your time with us this afternoon. I appreciate it. Anytime at all.